0: Welcome to Round 1 Variety Hour, where we cover anything from comics to movies in an hour or less. I'm your host Miles, and today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man from 2002. And as I said, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man from 2002, probably one of the most impactful superhero movies ever made. And yes, I said ever made, because that's just the truth. Sam Raimi made a trilogy of Spider-Man films, it was from 2002 to 2007, and... I think it is widely accepted that Spider-Man 2 from 2004 is the best Spider-Man movie in the current day and age. Yes, I can partially agree with that. It does have some dated qualities to it. Some of the CGI looks kind of iffy, especially in the original version of Spider-Man. But that's not really their fault it just came out in a time period where it required a lot of cg and the computers didn't really have enough power and stuff to make it but they pers- persevered and i think they still look good up in 2021 that's 19 years later and 17 years later and then 14 years later that's a long time folks a long long time but uh, I'm going to read you the, the film summary really quick. When bitten by a genetically modified spider, a nerdy, shy, and awkward high school student gains spider-like abilities that he eventually must use to fight evil as a superhero after tragedy befalls his family. And basically with that saying, obviously all of us know the story of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, how he became Spider-Man. He got bit by a spider and went on to become a wrestler and with that his uncle ben dies which causes him to not want to become a wrestler but become a superhero originally wanting revenge but then he's like with great power comes great responsibility and he's like oh okay sick i'll just become a superhero basically that's just kind of what it is but it goes way more into depth with it and run off this cast of people is Toby mcguire as peter parker slash spider-man kirsten dunce as mary jane watson and james franco as harry osborn i kind of picked the like three main high school students because they're in all three movies and they have the most conflict with each other i feel like especially like the second and third one man like It's nuts. Peter Parker gets abused basically in the second and third movie. Uh, But the director of this movie is Sam Raimi, the guy who helmed Evil Dead like 20 years before this. And with that, we got Danny Elfman making the music. If you don't know who Danny Elfman is, he basically composes every single Tim Burton film. And he was the singing voice of Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas. Which is really weird because I never really thought about it until now. I just never really did because I was watching a couple, like about a week or two ago with my girlfriend and her sister while we were playing a horror trivia game. And the editors for this movie are Ben Muroski and Arthur Coburn. Honestly, due to them, the pacing is really well in this movie. It may not be well in the third movie, but it definitely is in this one and the second one. Like, they're really well paced, I feel like. They're not, like, super all over the place, and they're not super, like, making sure it stays in one area. It jumps around, but I think it's very in a well-mannered, cohesive spot. That's why I'm going to rank the pacing a 9 out of 10. Acting is a little lower on the list. I rank it a seven because as a kid, I assumed that this is what high schoolers were gonna look like when I was younger. But as I grew older, no high schooler looked like a 30 year old that I knew. And so it was very weird looking back at this movie seeing a bunch of almost 30 year olds look older than their teacher who looked like he was in his young 20s, like early 20s. And that's why I was like, ooh, maybe not. I don't think I'm gonna be able to overlook that part. But besides that, I think the best acted actor in this movie is William Dafoe as Green Goblin. That's super easy to deduce. He's probably the best actor in this first movie. And I think all the villains are pretty good up until you get to the third movie with Venom. Topher Grace isn't a bad actor, but he also isn't like the best actor to ever live. He has some issues, yeah, but it's not like anybody doesn't have issues. But I think with the first two movies we're gonna be like, we're gonna that I'm talking about. To uh Green Goblin. I couldn't remember his name, my mind blanked. Green Goblin, and Norman Osborne. William Defoe basically did the best job. There's no Denying that He did the best job in this movie, and then Alfred Molina did the best job in the second movie. There's no doubt about any of those options, they both did the best out of the both movies. And I feel like Kirsten Dunst, yeah she was really good as Mary Jane, I don't think anybody else is going to be able to do a really good Mary Jane. But there are some things about these movies that make it seem so outdated. I don't want to talk about the third one as much because we're trying to focus on the first one, but this, the third one, the dance montage, oh my god, that was uh, something else. It was not the worst, but it definitely wasn't the best. Again the acting is 7 out of 10, I wish I could give it a higher number due to William Defoe, but out of all the other people, it's not going to happen. If, if he honestly wasn't in this movie, I'd probably rank it like a six or a five. The acting wasn't the worst I've ever seen in a movie. I've seen a lot worse acting. But this one, I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was up to par to what it could have been, you know? I don't know, I hope that makes somewhat sense. And the ending to this movie, I'm going to rank a eight instead of a 9. I'll give you the reason why. Because I just feel like the ending to the second movie and the third movie were better than the first one. Yes, you heard me right, I think the ending for the third one was better than the ending for the first one. I want to point out though is that the first and second movies get all this praise but the third movie gets shit on so much because of it being cringy. It may have been cringy, but to me, being a five-year-old up until watching the MCU come out, up until that point, I was in love with the third Spider-Man movie, the Fantastic Four movie, and Ghost Rider. I was in, su- I was in love with those cringy uh, superhero movies. And I can't explain why. I just loved that movie more than any of the other ones I watch. Out of all three of them, the second one gets praised as the best spider-man movie and the third one gets ranked a little bit above the amazing spider-man movies personally i think the amazing spider-man movies were okay they could have been a lot better the first one was a lot better than the second one but the suit in the first one was weird looking the suit in the second one was better but i still think that could have been worked on a little bit it's a way better suit than I was ever gonna, I would ever be able to make, or anybody that I knew, know now even would be able to make. We like Spider-Man because he is a teenager and built around losing a family member. He doesn't have his parents, and he had lost Uncle Ben. I feel like a lot of people around my age, or even any age really, can focus on, hey, this superhero lost a family member. I know what that's like. It's that's what's cool about Spider-Man. He's someone who you can relate to around your age. That's and that's perfect. Unlike with characters like Batman, Superman, Iron Man, Captain America, those guys you can't really relate to them unless they get like really personal with you, like and touch you in that way. Batman, yeah, he lost his parents, but he is also rich. Like I can relate to losing a family member, but I can't relate to becoming a superhero because of losing your parents and then becoming like and being rich I don't understand that same thing with honestly Iron Man and I can't relate to being super strong and wanting to protect people I want to protect people but I can't because I'm not super strong and you're in the argument may be you don't know how to be strong to defend people yes it may be true but I prefer that if I'm stronger I can protect people a lot more often. Being weak and being brave and encouraged are two different things. I feel like you can be weak physically, but be brave as hell. You can be strong, but be weak-minded and cowardice. But you can be weak as hell and be brave and all that other stuff. You don't gotta be super strong. And that's what I like about Spider-Man. He doesn't... He isn't super strong at all. But he... Is just like that he's a a superhero who lost his family member or a couple of them and has to live with somebody else and has to learn how to become a superhero that's literally what this movie's about and that's probably why i like that movie so much honestly though out of all the movies i watched a lot of these as a kid i'll watch all of them at least a couple times a week it might seem a little bit average but the third one i watched the most that's all i'm trying to say And honestly, if it wasn't for Sam Raimi directing these movies, they probably wouldn't have been as good. They probably could have been better based off of who we got as as a different director. I wouldn't change anything about these movies. That's what made them so well-known today. I think people take it way too far when they come to picking their favorite Spider-Man. I think people say that, oh, my favorite Spider-Man is insert one of the three here. It comes down to a matter of, yeah, you may like that actor more, and you might like how they're doing this movie more. But the Spider-Man fans of the three movies are becoming more and more toxic every day because just because somebody doesn't like the same Spider-Man as you doesn't mean they're not a Spider-Man fan. That's what's awesome about superhero movies. You can make as many of them in a different way as you want, and people can still like that character. That's what's super cool about them. I liked the awkward, shy, nerdy Spider-Man that Tim McGuire played, and I like the skater one that Andrew Garfield played. I like the somewhat confident Peter, who is a nerd who likes Legos, Star Wars, and everything like that, that's what I like. I'm a combination of all three. I have a skateboard, I ride occasionally. I'm a nerdy, awkward, used to be high school student. And I'm confident enough that I can say, hey, I like Legos and Star Wars and all those other stuff. And that's okay. That's nothing you should be not proud of. You should be proud of who you are and what you have it for. You weren't just put here for no reason. There are reasons why you are who you are. Whether that be for the worst or the best, it doesn't really matter. You are you and that's what that what matters. But... I do have issues with these movies too. That... Yes, acting... We have bad acting in every single movie, I feel like. But... I don't think that's the actor's fault. I think that the people who are making the movies and writing the movies, it's their problem, their fault. I don't. I can't blame any of the actors for the acting they chose to do because honestly, it's probably because of the script. That's why I don't hate the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but I don't love them either. They're not the worst, but they're not the best ones. If you get that at all, personally i think they're average movies that i could watch on occasion but never multiple times in a week like i used to with the original spider-man movies andrew garfield and emma stone they are really good characters like the, they play really good pe- versions of gwen stacy and peter parker and that's okay they don't have to be your favorite ones but they play a pretty good pair same thing with kirsten Dunst and Tony mcguire Zendaya and Tom Holland. It doesn't matter if you like that Spider-Man or that Love Interest or not. Somebody does, and that's what's cool. They don't gotta like the same things you do in order for you to respect them. It's simple as that. Just because somebody doesn't like the same things you do doesn't mean that you can't be friends. That's why I'm willing to watch any of the three movies, any of the three types of movies, with anybody. I'll watch, this, I'll watch the third Spider-Man movie with somebody, like Wilton McGuire, and then I'll go watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 with somebody else. It doesn't really matter, yes, I might cringe at some points during those movies, but they're movies. They're meant to be entertainment, and it's entertainment if I think it's funny. Comedy is obviously subjective, but that's the same thing with ranking movies. It's subjective to me, and that's it. That's really what it is. But I got off topic a little bit. Not entirely. It was still about Spider-Man. But overall, I rank these movies an 8.5 to 9 out of 10. I'm still trying to debate which number I should go with. But on IMDb, it says a 7.3. The first one I can understand. The second one should be a little higher. And then the third one should be a little bit lower than that. So I think it should be 7.3. Uh, 8.5 uh, eight, 8 out of 10 and then a 7 point a 7 out of 10 so 7.3 out of 10 8 out of 10 and then uh, 7 and 10. that's not as bad but it could have been a lot worse let's be real but i think i've rambled on long enough and i think you guys are gonna want to you know get on out of here and talk to somebody about something you know you like whether that be superheroes like Spider-Man or comics or horror movies or whatever it's that's a that's your jive and what you like not up to me man but i hope you guys have a fantastic day on whenever you're watching this that's all for this episode of renwin variety hour and i'll see you next time